0: Alexa, what is diet culture? Here's something I found on the web. According to ThriveGlobal.com, diet culture is a set of beliefs that worship thinness and particular body shapes. This is Dr. Aaron Nitschke. This is Dr. Darian Parker. This is Decoding Diet Culture. everyone welcome back to another episode of decoding diet culture season 2 as i said in the first episode we are unraveling a lot of different popular fad diets and dietary patterns in this particular series for this season and last time we talked about the carnivore diet and broke that down this time we are looking at the scarsdale diet an oldie but a goodie so we will talk about the history, its marketed purposes and benefits, assumed benefits, uh, summary of the protocol and any considerations, faults or flaws, and then give you a bottom line kind of take home message. So the Scarsdale diet, this was super popular in the 1970s. And at the time it was based on what was then popular, this book by Dr. Tarnauer. And he was a cardiologist in Scarsdale, New York, thus the Scarsdale diet. This guy promised his followers that they could lose up to 20 pounds in less than two weeks. So if you do the quick math on that, you know that that's probably not the healthiest route to go when guidelines are probably maybe one to three pounds safely a week. Uh, but that doesn't always mean that it is going to be fat loss. Some of it's metabolic water, some of it's, you know, um, as a result of reducing carbohydrate intake, all of that. So this coming from a cardiologist is super scary. And, and the reason I bring this up is because I want, I want to encourage listeners to think about it. So when people lose weight super quick, they are losing protein and protein is found in your muscles and muscle tissue. So if we think about it, this guy's a cardiologist, right? The heart is a muscle. It is an involuntary muscle and it's cardiac muscle different than your skeletal muscle or smooth muscle that lines your arteries and digestive tract, but it's a muscle. So the consequences of fast weight loss is going to result in consequences for that particular organ. So think about how this might impact the cardiac system, which is super scary. Cause if your heart's not beating, not a lot else matters because basically that's, that's cardiac death. So just throwing that out there as kind of like a little, maybe chew on that for a minute. So because the book and the protocol received so many criticisms from others in the medical community the book is no longer in print. You might be able to find it at an old bookstore or someplace like that, but there are other versions of the Scarsdale diet that do exist. So initially what it was marketed for was weight loss via this quick fix protocol. And when we see quick fix, and if you listened to our first series on decoding diet culture, we used the term buzzwords to outline kind of issues and scary aspects of diet culture and its lies and its myths and things that it's made consumers believe forever. So quick fix is a buzzword. It's code for highly restrictive and unsustainable. So that was the initial benefit. It was like a purported to be this magic bullet that's going to get you dropped down to 20 pounds. Nowhere in there does it say you're going to feel like crap the whole time or you're sacrificing necessary tissue. You're losing minerals, micro minerals, macro minerals, all sorts of things. So the summary of the protocol is 1,000 calories a day. And what's really silly is it's regardless of a person's age, sex, weight, physical activity levels, that's insane. A toddler needs 1,200 calories a day. What are we doing telling people 1,000 calories a day is, is a good idea? The macronutrient breakdown is about 43% protein, half percent fat, and 34.5% carbs. So mostly protein-based. Um, no snacks unless it's carrots, celery, or low-sodium veggie soups. So essentially these very low caloric options that do have some fiber to them. Um no snacks that are, um, anything that's not nutritious. So, you know, foods such as potatoes, rice, avocados, beans, lentils, all of that. So you can't have those at least four cups of water per day. You can have black coffee or plain tea or diet sodas. And likely that's recommended because caffeine in and of itself is a, is an appetite suppressant. So if you drink enough of it, you will not perhaps perceive hunger in the same way that you would, should you just be drinking water or something like that? So this part of the protocol, this a thousand calories, uh, lasts 14 days. And then you transition to something called this is what cracks me up. Keep slim program. There's just a general problem with that title. Keep slim. Okay. At this point, some banned foods are reintroduced. So things like bread, baked goods, and one drink per day, one alcoholic drink per day. You can increase portion sizes at this point if you would like. And Tarnauer suggested following the Keep Slim plan, unless you notice your weight increasing, which, duh, it's going to. Um, then you revert back to this crazy restrictive thousand calories a day for the 14 days. So foods allowed are like your raw, so non-starchy veggies, fruits with an emphasis on grapefruit, protein bread. That'd be interesting. Lean meats, eggs, but they have to be prepared plain. So maybe they're hard boiled or they're just fried in nothing like an non-stick pan low-fat dairy. And this is the best part. Only six walnuts or pecan halves a day. Six. Make sure to count those out. Do we see a problem with this? Considerations, faults, and flaws. So first of all, it's highly restrictive. And when something is highly restrictive, the sustainability factor increases. So that, that question of can I sustain this becomes a little bit more Evident to people that wow, this this is a lot. I I could maybe do this for two days, but 14, that's a long time. And a thousand calories a day is just crazy low. Um, it's below basal metabolic rate for 90% of people. When the body goes into these extreme deficits, weight loss does occur, but at the expense of what I mentioned earlier, muscle tissue and your glycogen stores. So When you're restricting carbohydrates, carbs for every gram of carb that's stored, it's about three grams, three to four grams of water that's stored. So if you think about taking away a carbohydrate source, glycogen source, then that water loss is going to occur because carbs are not being stored. So of course that metabolic water is not going to be included. So initially when the scale goes down, that's what we're seeing. And that's a problem. Highly restrictive plans are generally temporary, as is the weight loss, and the weight loss will generally come back after the protocol is stopped, or it will result in a yo-yo kind of dieting situation. So with the Scarsdale diet, the bottom line or take home, what we really want to emphasize here is, is while the book is no longer in print, there are updated versions of this diet. Regardless of the version, it still promotes highly restrictive eating. And the sad thing is, is it vilifies calories. We need calories. We're physical beings. And it prioritizes the number on the scale instead of a person's bigger picture of health, which includes how they're sleeping, how they're feeling intuitively, their energy. Like, are they getting late day fatigue? Trust me, on a thousand calories a day, you're fatigued all the time. You're not able to, to sustain yourself. There is also no integrated behavior change process. It's just this prescribed plan with a list of of banned foods and allowed foods. And the problem there is we're categorizing foods. we're We're taking this approach of a dichotomy of these foods are good and these foods are bad. I can have this and I can't have this. The only time those those labels should enter a person's lexicon is if they are, say they have a, a health issue. I can't have peanuts. I'm allergic. Great. Let's label it as a can't have, but this good and bad and can, and can't have when it comes to, well, there's too many calories. This is a thousand calorie diet. This is super problematic. So as with any drastic change to your physical activity or your nutrition protocol, it is best to get the advice from a registered dietitian. They can provide medical nutrition therapy, Their scope of practice is much wider than I I assure you the influencer on Instagram or TikTok that's promoting this type of stuff. Just always take the time to really dig in and review the diets you are looking at and kind of break this down. Put your science hat on and think, does this sound unreasonable and restrictive and if the answer is yes, then it's probably not the safest route to go. You And again, the weight loss here is, is likely muscle tissue, water, and it's not long-term. So once that eating style is stopped, then it's going to return to your original weight, if not more. So we hope this episode has been helpful. We will catch you next time on our next episode.